welcome to episode 9 of Story of My Life, the podcast that asks guests over 70 how they came to be who they are and where they are. I'm Lindsay Alexander, and I do the asking. Story of My Life aims to introduce you to all kinds of people who have lived a lot and share a lot. I believe one of the best gifts a person can give is to truly listen to another. So thank you for tuning in and for listening. This episode is part three of Lam Lowe's story, The Conclusion. If you haven't heard parts one or two, go to www.storyofmylifepod.com and pause this episode now. I'll give you a second before the spoilers commence. My name is Lam Lo, born in uh, China. A quick recap of part two of Lam's story. After years of searching for a way out of Vietnam, in 1979, Lam and his family boarded a small boat and left for Malaysia. They landed on a beach where they lived for four weeks until they were shipped to Bidong Island, a refugee camp. Bidong had a capacity of 4,500 people. More than 40,000 were living there in 1979. Meanwhile, outside countries interviewed refugees and determined who they'd admit. Okay, at that time, you know, all the refugees waiting on the island for the, for the country uh, sending their representative, you know, over to to pick, you know, whoever can be accepted to their country or resettled in their country. <laughs> you know, the Germany sent a, a representative to the island and try to look for a man who had <laughs> several wives, <laughs> things like that. Âu Châu á, Australia, hay là chung với nữ nhân, chồng chung với nam nhân. Australian representatives came over. They look for women only. They accept women, admit women to their country. Ngõ Thượng Hy á. Mm-hmm. 嗯,還有記起那個泰蘭。嗯。所以知道啊,知道啊,得啦得啦。你這個啊。After about 3 months, we lived in the in the island and the American representative came over and they they knew that I was working for the American. So they accept us right away. Once the low family had been accepted, they were shipped to Kuala Lumpur 
at a waiting camp where they received medical treatment and were processed. They were in Kuala Lumpur for another several months before flying to America. He said, when they spend all our money, and um, we just look at the people when they eat, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> When we arrived you know, uh, at the United States, uh, the custom house asked you uh, how, how much you, that, that you carry with you. $2. Temple Isaiah, a San Francisco area synagogue, sponsored the Lowe family. Alex wrote that they arrived to America with basically the clothes on their backs. It was cold and they didn't have jackets. They're like our sponsors. They are sponsors, you know, when we arrive to the United States. Uh, they ask me to go there to give a speech to, for what, uh, what was going on, uh, my journey from Vietnam to the United States, you know, at the church, but they would not allow us to attend their ceremony or any service in the church, you know. So what did your sponsors, you only had $2 when you got here. Yes. How did you go from getting here in $2 <laughs> to... Finding jobs. Mm-hmm. No. Oh, apartment ready for us with beds, uh, furniture, clothing, you know, all clothes that we need, you know. Mm-hmm. I have the two boy. Three son. No girl. No girl. Three <laughs> 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 So I have three sons, and each son have a, a private tutor, you know, from different church. They rotate it and they take turn to come over to give them lessons, on English lessons, you know. Mm-hmm. 我又沒有錢買車,我不知道怎樣,我要回公司嘛,我叫我初初叫我咩,我的sponsor介紹我去屋鄰啦,屋鄰啊,做咩? 
acupuncture for animal. I said, you know, the first uh, job they offered me is go to Oakland. And they said, uh, I can be an acupuncturist for those animals, dogs, and cats. <laughs> I say, I'm scared. Animals. No. I just say, I acupuncture for the people, not for the animal. Sorry. <laughs> so the first time I'm going to get a job, so I need a transportation. You know, I need a car. So... Come you know, when uh, we came over by plane, you know, those, the, the air ticket had to pay back, you know, because the, the church going to pay it in advance, and then you pay it back to the church, you know. So we pay back all our air ticket, you know, airfare. To, to the church. So, yeah, so, uh, the, the church is so good, you know. Yeah. The only one thing that they don't my sponsor sent me a Christmas card, New Year card every year. Oh, still? Uh, yeah, up to this moment, wow. up to this year. Wow. They're so good, yeah. Lam is now talking about Dan and Faith Greenberg, members of Temple Isaiah, who he holds particularly dear. Mm-hmm. Right. They pay a visit to to Alec to over South Carolina. Wow! Ah. All the way, do they still live in California? Yeah. Yeah. Whenever I, I go to California, I pay a visit to the church. In Vietnam, Lam had been an acupuncturist and was trained as a nurse. In America, Lam got a job at a convalescing hospital and worked as a maid at a Sheraton. Uh, not, not very much money, though. In Oakland, the Lowe's weren't making much money. And they were concerned their sons weren't getting a very good education. In 1988, after almost a decade in America, the Lowe's moved to St. Louis, Missouri. There, they went into the restaurant business with Ann's sister. So, so now because not much money, you know, to work at that hospital, so I changed my career to start learn to how to cook and then uh, and start a, a restaurant business. What mm-hmm. kind of restaurant? 
China Walk. China Walk is called China Walk. The restaurant downtown. Downtown. Um, was at Tucker. Oh, at first at Tucker, and then later we we start a new business at Saint Charles, Saint Peter. Right. How did you wind up from San Francisco? To Saint Louis. Big change. You say you want to go to China. 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 Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, at that time, I was uh, in San Francisco. We get all the uh, furnishing, you know, for for the from the church. So we get all furniture, you know, all the uh, utensil, kitchen utensil, everything, you know. Yeah. But now I moved to St. Louis with only one suitcase. <laughs> As someone who experienced food scarcity for large swaths of his life and then became a cook in his 50s, I thought it would be interesting to ask Lam what his favorite recipe was. <laughs> his answer is the most Lam Lo thing I might have heard all afternoon. You have so much experience, he said he think that you know the most useful recipe is to to work out. That brings us to the lost arts and good advice portion of the podcast in which our guests share a bit of their expertise. Today, Lam Lo tells us his secrets to a strong and lasting marriage. You all have been married for 50 years. 50 years. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, what is the secret to your marriage? Or is there one? What's the secret to your marriage? ไม่ไม่ไม่ไม่ไม่ไม่ไม่ไม่ไม่ไม่ไม่ไม่ไม่ไม่ไม่ไม่ไม่ไม่ไม่ไม่ไม่ไม่ไม่ไม่ไม่
walk away. And when she <laughs> lose temper, and you and then I just keep quiet and walk away. <laughs> oh, that was very very good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 一到兩個睡覺啊,兩個梗係黐埋㗎嘛嘛啊,誒,sorry啦,咁咪,咪得啦,let me calling Good。點啊點。<笑><笑> Done, he's proudest of his acupuncture. He points at Anne. She had a stroke before. You yeah. yeah. But after the acupuncture that I did on her, and she got well again. Oh my gosh! Mm-hmm. I would never have guessed that at all. Mm-hmm. In part one, I mentioned that Anne was working in the kitchen the entire time we were interviewing Lamb. You might have heard her interject a few times. She doesn't look like someone who's had a stroke. Half of her body was paralyzed. She, she was hospitalized for about 10 days in the hospital. She could not move half of her body, but the doctor said, oh, that, that's all we can do, so you go home. And she asked the doctor, when can I move again? And the doctor said, maybe one or two years later, you can move again. But after she came home, I did the acupuncture on her a couple times, and then she get well, and then move on freely. Are you retired? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. So what do you do with your days? I, I want to have a job. <laughs> I, I find the job for me, I mean, more so money. I want to make money uh-huh. if I can find a job, uh-huh. you know. Yeah, I tell the boss, I had the restaurant, huh? Yeah. I say, anything I, I can do. Huh? Uh, some, some people, you, you keep uh, 2,000, huh? I just say 600 is okay. Mm-hmm. 
mean, there's a friend of mine who owns a, a restaurant over there. I asked him to hire me, you know, to do in the job in the restaurant, and he's and I say I can, you know, uh, you can okay. you, you can pay people, you know, two thousand for a month, and you can pay me six hundred for a month, <laughs> you know, for doing the same job. <laughs> But you know, the guy said, uh, you know, the owner of the restaurant said, oh, uh, oh, uncle, I'm afraid that you may fell on the, uh, on, the kitchen, on the floor in the kitchen, so I got to pay you all the medical bills. <laughs> As we wrap up our conversation, I ask Liam what I ask every guest. What has surprised you most? about there were so many things that I unexpected in my life, like the war was going on, and uh, brought you to, uh, you know, to a situation that, uh, like, uh, I have to do something, you know, I don't want to do, you know, or something I want to do, you know. And the example that, uh, you know, because you knew, uh, you knew uh, Alex, so, so we meet today, you know. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, in all my life, uh, I think that I, there were two unfortunate things for me and one fortunate thing for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, the unfortunate thing is my father, you know, trying to sell me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Because uh, my father was so poor, and uh, because I was in a very bad situation, that's why I work hard. I work as hard as I can, you know. That's that's a thing that I have to make it up, you know. Mm-hmm. I don't think I got the language skill, you know, because I tried to learn English, but I just failed. (laughs) (laughs) Ever since you were a child, 
you were in violent situations and war moving, what does it feel like to have settled somewhere and you have a nice house mm-hmm. and it's peaceful or it seems peaceful? Mm-hmm. How, how does that feel? Yeah. Lam and Anne, naturalized U.S. citizens, live in the St. Louis area. Their sons and their families are spread out over the U.S. Bidong Island was closed as a refugee camp in 1991. Lam has returned to Vietnam five times since living in the U.S. I did not, you know, dare to go back to Vietnam until, you know, the American embassy was a trapish in Saigon. Smart. I got a lot of friends that, you know, were killed in Vietnam, you know. And so, it's like a fate, yeah. you know. So when you visited Beck, did you have lots of friends that you were able to keep in contact with or meet up with? Mm. Or just... Those, those friends about my age, they died. <laughs> I thought I was in a dream sometime, you know, because I'm not dying at 83. brought to you from beautiful East Tennessee. I hope you've enjoyed it. Subscribe on your favorite podcaster so you don't miss an episode. Sign up for our newsletter at www.storyofmylifepod.com. Oh, did I mention that we have a Facebook page now? Like us on Facebook. Our music, Don't Be Sour, was written by Ali Arendt and performed by Ali Arendt and Darren Woodleaf. Larry Buchanan designed the Story of My Life logo. Gina Kaysen provided some technical assistance. And a very, very special thanks for this episode to Alex Lowe and Pat Tan. Thanks also to Kelsey Ronan. And good night, Mrs. Calabash, wherever you are.
今日就即係其實即係我我我撇咗好多啫嘛，即係即係如果真係正式講翻嚟啊，十日都都都唔止啩，即係唔講啦。He said his story too long. Maybe he said got some omission, you know, not the whole story.